I think I can think of 49 reasons why I'm doing better than you. Oklahoma got on the train and left town. And OSU, I think, kind of got their feelings hurt. What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Okie Longhorn himself. Dalt, first and foremost, how we doing today, buddy? I'm happy and I'm sad at the same time. I'm happy to be here, but I'm sad that we are now officially moved into a little bit of off-season mode, and we have to go a really long time before we get any more college football. Right, right. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's talking season is is upon us. That's Um, it, and everybody's already talking. So, you know, we don't – I mean, we don't have – I wouldn't say not a ton to talk about, but we don't have a ton to talk about. We're going to briefly touch on the national title game, obviously give a little bit of a recap. There's, as everyone knows now, not not much to talk about with that game. Um, But I guess to get right into it, we have some coaching news. A little bit of more, more so assistant news, I guess you should say. First thing, obviously, this news broke yesterday. Dalt Clemson announced the firing of first year as the head offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter. He replaced, of course, Tony Elliott, who went to Virginia. So Clemson fires him, and they poach Garrett Riley from TCU. So what what was your immediate thoughts, reactions when you saw this news? Garrett Riley told Texas A&M no. That's that's a tough loss for A&M. He, he told Texas A&M no. He said, I'm not leaving. And then a month later, he's like, you know what? Here I come, Dabo. Yeah, I mean, what uh... – what do you think factored into that decision? You think he he thought there's a little bit. Le- I mean, you can't really say there's less pressure at a- at Clemson than A and M, but and you never know what's going. You know what goes into these decisions by these coaches. Maybe just him as a person, it, it's just a better fit for him. Maybe his family. I don't even know if he has if he's married or has he, kids. He's he's married. I don't know if he has kids, but um, I think a big factor was. If you take the Texas A&M job, how much of it is going to be your offense? Right. How much is Jimbo Fisher going to let go? How much is he going to have his thumb on the pulse of the game? On the play calling, I should say. Not really the pulse of the game, but when you go to Clemson, Dabo's not going to be in your ear telling you what to run, how to run it. Right. Dabo's going to trust you to run your offense. But at the same time, he's going to tell you how he wants it to be ran in your way. Right. And, you know, this is a great hire for Clemson. A huge hire. I mean, like a home run, A++ hire for them as far as needing to revamp what had become a very stale offense um, down there with – and, you know, you have to factor in the fact that, let's be honest, they missed on DJU. Um, He's not a terrible quarterback, but he's not – a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson, which is what they had become accustomed to over this like little 10 year run that Clemson's been on. So obviously this is a great hire for Dabo. I I think it's one that kind of came out of left field. I don't think anybody expected this. No, Um, no. I mean, I think you maybe expected some change there, but for them to poach Garrett Riley from TCU after what they accomplished just in a one year at TCU with Sonny Dykes and that crew, but, it's obviously from from the outside looking in, you have the quarterback. You think in Klubnik. Oh, and you know, Cade's Cade and Duggan have a lot of similarities, right? They're both pretty athletic quarterbacks. They both have pretty decent arm talent. I would say that Cade is probably more athletic. Yeah, I think Klubnik's probably overall a better football, cool. probably a better quarterback. So I think that what. Garrett Riley has there gives him a little bit of hope. I know Texas A&M has the Wagman kid and all the talent around him, but you're still going to be under Jimbo Fisher. I think Texas, I think Texas A&M was too much of a you're going to be a scapegoat, right? And that's 
probably what Petrino's going to turn into. A hundred percent. If if they struggle getting out of the gate, kind of like they they have the, the last year, um, Jimbo kind of has a fall guy. Yes, again. Um, so yeah, this this is a kind of a hit to A and M because you know they probably went after him. Oh, um, oh, hard. And how much of that is on Texas A and M not waiting until after the college football playoffs, right? To to approach him about it, you know they get they try to pull him away mid CFP preparation, so you don't really know how much of him was like that's kind of right and ridiculous for you to even approach me about it. I'm not even thinking about leaving, and then a week after he just gets drummed by this Georgia defense, wasn't good. Dabo calls and says, "Hey, I got some money and I got some talent." Right, and and. That's kind of the the biggest thing here is, you know, uh, Dabo has been a guy that has been so, you know, promote from within. That's how he's kind of wanted to build that program there at Clemson. But I think he maybe saw the writing on the wall of, I've got to do something. after. Not that these last two years have been bad necessarily. They've won 10 games. This past year they won the ACC. Um, but obviously this is a team that's grown accustomed to winning that conference, making the playoff won a couple national titles. Um, so when you get to kind of that standard to become that year in, year out, these last two years to most Clemson fans and even probably coaches and players have kind of been failures to some degree. But obviously this is a massive hire for Dabo. I think it's one that was pretty well totally unexpected for the most part. But I think that this is – this. Uh, you think there's some ACC teams that are kind of like – Damn it! We we like Florida State's probably like man, we twenty twenty three was looking like a good year for us, and you went and hired Garrett Riley, and it's like oh Clemson's like oh hey guys yeah, Chill Miami out. Florida State you guys you guys just hang back North Carolina y'all just it's not your turn not, yet. not not so much Miami because I still think they're going to be pretty bad next year, but Florida right. State definitely it definitely yeah it's gotta, definitely definitely a kick in the. In yeah, the yeah it's uh, a little bit of a shot to the heart. Um, but some some more coaching news, kind of moving on from that. We'll talk about this one that we don't have in the notes because it happened just today, hours before we recorded. Uh, Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding headed to Oxford to become the Ole Miss defensive coordinator. And I think this is one of those moves we literally just talked about it before we started recording, Dahl. You kind of got to maybe read between the lines here a little bit because I think if you try to convince me that, like, Lane Kiffin swayed Pete Golding, hey, come be my D.C., you don't need to be at Bama. This was kind of probably a uh, Nick Saban having a serious conversation like, hey, you know, I think I think we're going to go in a different direction. I don't want to publicly, like, fire you, so – if you can get a job elsewhere, take it. Pursue that, take it, and we'll move on. Well, you know, Ole Miss has kind of turned into Nick Saban's island of misfits with Lane Giffen and now Pete Golding. You know, it's kind of like the two the two knucklehead little brothers. Yeah, are, Pete Golding might find himself in some trouble in Oxford. That if he's ain't, not that careful. Ain't no lie. I mean, <laughs> well, it was him that after the. National championship game. Yeah, yeah. They run the cheerleader, cheerleader runs up and hugs and him. And he saw he was on camera and he's like, and he's like Get oh, off me. Yeah. yeah, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Not that, good. Yeah. And you know, at that Ole Miss campus is a little bit of a frat house ran. Yeah. Not not quite the culture. I don't think that they've got there at Alabama. Um this is it, it's it is interesting. Um I when I saw this, I, I sent it to you and BP. And I was just kind of like, it's, it's weird. Like it, it is, it is odd, you know. And we kind of went into like, who do you think could be a replacement for him at Alabama? You know, Nick Saban could go get any defensive coordinator uh, yeah, he wanted. I mean, um, we talked, you know, kind of just touching on maybe Manny Diaz, the being a front runner. Um, the other name that I have saw, Bruce Feldman actually tweeted this out, um, the Georgia co-DC, uh, Glenn Schumann, I guess is how you say his name, uh, 32-year-old. He actually graduated from Alabama. Um, obviously, he it says that 
broke into coaching as a student assistant and then spent four years as an Alabama grad assistant under Saban. So people are kind of piecing that together. Obviously, there's no real news behind any of it yet. But what, what if one man down in Austin gets that phone call? Who? Gary Patterson. Uh, Do you think that's a little bit of a – Clash in style because I I feel like that would be a great hire for Nick Saban. I don't feel like I don't think he it, would get as much. I feel like him and I Gary Patterson would work really really well together. I don't think it would be a bad hire by any stretch. Gary Patterson obviously a great defensive mind. Like it would be a good hire, but I just don't know if Gary Patterson really. I mean, you just haven't heard a lot from him since he's been down at Texas, got out of TCU. I I don't know that he probably really wants to step into that role. I mean. You don't. You just don't know because he's an older guy. Like he was a head coach forever. Like he's not. You know, he's just kind of a. I mean, what is his actual title at Texas? The assistant to the head coach. Right. So, so he's not even in like a coordinator role at Texas. You know, he probably helps out PK quite a bit. Oh, the game planning is um, is, and I'm sure he helps Sark with a lot of stuff around the program. But it's that's an interesting name to bring up. I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I just don't personally see that being a thing. But if it happened, it wouldn't, like, shock me necessarily. But I just – I don't think I would see Gary Patterson taking on that role. I think Saban will probably hire someone like that guy I named or, you know, someone maybe you would not even heard of that either played for him or uh, is, like, a gratis – like, you know, Saban will find somebody. I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's going to be a big name. I think that's going to kind of surprise people because you're right. Saban could probably get pretty much anybody he wanted, but I don't think that he – I don't think it's going to be a splash hire personally. But who knows? You don't. You never know. Nick Saban is the drama queen that he right, is. Right. Um, so, yeah, Pete Golding headed to Ole Miss. It's really – it's a good hire for Ole Miss. A great hire. I, I mean, mean, the defenses since he took over in, what, 2018, I think, it hadn't been – you know, it's not – Kirby Smart at Bama defenses, um, but, but you, you have a little bit different they, offense right, compared they, to it what hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. When Kirby was there, they were pounding the rock. Who was who was before Golding? Times. The Pruitt guy, because Pruitt I think was DC and left for Tennessee before Golding. I think because I think Pruitt was after Kirby. I'm I, pretty sure. I'm not sure. Um, was Jeremy Pruitt mm-hmm. at Alabama? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. After no, he, Kirby? He would, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think that's right. I could be wrong, but if you want to look that up, you can. That's, a, that's what I'm looking up right now. Go ahead. and. Um. So, yeah, back to kind of Ole Miss, which is the, the key in this for them, is they, they are getting a good D.C. in Golding. Um, obviously, I, I, I think – I don't even – who do – you, I don't know who the D.C. was at Ole Miss. I didn't even know that they were looking for a defensive coordinator. I didn't either. And so that that was kind of added to the shock of this hire. But I, I do think this is definitely an upgrade for Ole Miss. It's it's kind of like we had said, not really a lateral move for Golding, in my opinion. I think the Bama D.C. job is about as good of a coordinator job that you could have in the country. Um, so I think it is a bit of a downgrade for Golding. I don't think he'll make as much money, but, you know, I, I think it's it's important for Kiffin there at Ole Miss, you know, obviously a, a good hire for him kind of to shore up that side of the ball. So Jeremy Pruitt was right there after Kirby Smart. Yeah. And he was the defensive coordinator 2016-2017. So it was – then it was – No. Then the one year was Tosh LePoy. Okay. I, I feel then, like I, I know that name. And but, then Pete Golding. Okay. So I was close. But – I mean, do you like this hire for Ole Miss? I do. I, I do. I I think that kind of the same thing you're going to get with what Hay kind of did at Alabama because, you know, we talk about Kirby Smart's defense and all that being so good at Alabama. A lot of that was offensive. The offense and the defense went very well hand in hand. Right. Offenses would go on extremely long drives. They weren't up-tempoed. They – now Nick Saban's run this up-tempo offense, and as we've seen, schools that usually run up-tempo offenses usually have a higher 
or a lower ranked defense because the defense is on the field so much. So I think that it's going to kind of be the same thing, but it will be an upgrade from where they were at. I agree. I agree. So our last bit of coaching news, um, the um, soap opera that is Oklahoma State football. That program is still on fire. It uh, it just kind of continues to be a trash can rolling down a, a hill on fire. Um, defensive coordinator Derek Mason, this was announced on what, Wednesday, I think? Tuesday or Wednesday this week, taking a, which this doesn't really make sense to me, taking a sabbatical from college football after spending basically 30 years in the business, quote-unquote, um, spent one year this past season at Oklahoma State. He was obviously the head coach out at Vanderbilt. Um, then it was a defensive coordinator at Auburn. Yeah, he's, he's kind of been all around the world. Um, but when I say the sabbatical, it doesn't make sense, Dalt, because you take a sabbatical from like a job, then you, you go back. I mean, you, you can't just not be the coach and, and go back. back. They're, they're going to have to hire somebody to do his job. Um, so I think I, I think he's probably maybe maybe done. You think the sabbatical might be a little bit of an early retirement? Yeah, like it's kind of just a, I'm stepping away from the game and he's going to kind of step maybe into retirement. It seems that, that way. I don't want to speak for the guy by any means, but um, I, I I just don't really know what is going on in Stillwater. It is a dumpster fire. And you know, there's nobody putting it out. I'll read this. Mike Gundy, you know, he issued a statement on Twitter. Says, Oklahoma State football and I appreciate what Derek Mason and his family have brought to our team slash culture. The positive effect he's had on our players, staff, and program has been awesome. I know it was a tough decision, but life is bigger than football. We wish him and his family nothing but the very best, and they are always welcome back in Stillwater. Um, he's had an awesome effect on the players, staff, and program. I don't really know what that means. This statement's weird. I, 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 I'm not going to speculate. That, this whole offseason's been weird yeah, for OSU. I, I mean, you have the Spencer Sanders stuff where – you know, he basically went to Mike Gundy. From what I'm reading now, he went back to him and said, hey, I think I made a mistake going in the portal. And Gundy was like, yeah, sorry, man. Get bent. See ya. Like, I, I don't understand that. You have the mass exodus with all the players. So this is just it, – it's kind of just another uh, another pin drops, basically, in the, the cog that is Oklahoma State football. Um, we're obviously fairly close to this being, you know, here in Oklahoma. I'm an Oklahoma fan. You're a Texas fan, so Big 12. Uh, it's obviously stuff that we, we see a lot of this on Twitter, social media. So, I mean, I, I mean, what, what was your initial thought on this when you saw it? One year under Mike Gundy's staff and you already had enough. Yeah, maybe so. I I'm am I am I wrong? The guy's been coaching for thirty years and never felt he needed to take a sabbatical. Goes to OSU, coaches one year, and is literally like, you know what? I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, he says I'm not going to read his whole statement, but this first paragraph after thirty consecutive seasons in the great game of football, I've decided to take a sabbatical from coaching in college at the conclusion of my current contract at OSU. I look forward to spending time with my family to rest and reflect on opportunities within opportunities within in the game I love. You know, it goes on to say, thank you, President, Athletic Director, all the you know, the, the typical stuff you see in these statements. It's just I, I don't have a whole lot to add on this other than I, I just don't I mean, you're talking about an Oklahoma State program that it's just imploding. I mean Mike Gunny needs to pull up. I think the on the joysticks. The projected Big Twelve standings came out, and I think you know the Big Twelve is going to be fourteen teams next year because we're going to have the new teams. Um, yep. OU and Texas are still going to be here for another year. So your top five, I think, was Texas, TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Baylor, or Tech. Tech was fifth. Oklahoma State, a team that has basically been the second best program in this conference for the better part of a decade, came in, I think, at ninth in this this prediction. Did they rank Kansas higher than them? Yes. Kansas was eight, I'm pretty sure. 
because I was looking at that today. I don't have it right here in front of me. But I'm going to guess the teams that were lower than them would be I know West Virginia. Team, teams that are currently in the Big 12 that were lower than them, the only one was West Virginia. Everybody else, I guess it was – I say that. Maybe Iowa State. Iowa State was below them and West Virginia. And then it was like behind them was Houston was behind them. BYU was behind them. Um, I think UCF was like eight, seven or eight, something like that. Anyway, interesting times in it, Stillwater. It, it is a real rough look for one yeah, Michael I mean, Gundy it, right it, now. Yeah, it doesn't look good at all um, optically. And then yeah, you're looking for a new defensive coordinator, and it's not like OSU can just go out and get whoever they want. I mean, it's a good program, what he's turned it into, but they're not doing what Alabama's doing right now, saying, no. hey, hey, man uh, – Nick Saban's on the phone. He's wanted to see if you want to be his defensive coordinator. It's Mike Gundy's on the phone um, if you want to talk to him. You know. And, you know, this might be a better fit for Gary Patterson. You know, Gundy would be a fool not to call him and reach out. You know, we try to think of, like, other names around that would be good hires. And there's just not very many defensive coordinators that you just know by heart. No. That, that especially would leave and take that job. Right. Because – it's probably a pretty good job, but you're going to be working with some pretty well now, especially untalented. Yeah, like I don't want to say the, untalented the, the players. The cupboard is the cupboard's pretty bare. I mean, you've got as far as experience goes, as far as even you, exp, even even players that are going to be there that have been. Like it, yeah, it's it's you're not exactly walking into a great situation. No, and you've got the Ollie Ollie Gordon kid. He's still there. For now, Kendall right. da- Kendall, Kendall Daniels didn't go right. anywhere. Just made freshman All American. He likes being close to home, and he's probably got one year left, and he's going going pro. Other than that, there's been a lot of people leave this program. There's going to be a lot of new names and new faces on that defense, on the on the team as a whole. Right, really. So, I think Mike's going to have to figure it out pretty quick. Because at some point, it's going to stop rolling downhill and he's going to catch the blame and OSU's going to have a very difficult decision to make. Yeah, I mean, you just you have an interesting scenario there in Stillwater because Gundy doesn't have a lot of the people that put pressure on him for a long time around anymore. The old athletic director that he did not get along with is gone. Uh, T- obviously, T. Boone, T- Pickens, Boone Pickens passed away. Passed away. Um, so he gets he gets along with uh, Shrum and and uh, what's I can't think of the, the AD's name. Um, they kind of let him do whatever he wants because of what he has accomplished there, which you know, perspectively, you know, for for what right. OSU and that's, that's not a dig at OSU by any means. It just kind of is what it is. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see uh, OSU. They they got a lot of questions to answer um it's it's going to be a very intriguing 2023 season for the Cowboys Dalt um but you know moving moving out of the coaching news we did have a national title game I don't want to spend a ton of time on this Dalt because it was just an absolute embarrassment Georgia I I mean I'm not going to say embarrassment but like I I shouldn't say that no no look look at me say it it, 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 yeah TCU uh good great season welcome back to earth was it I mean, what did they accomplish? I I understand that they they won the Orange Bowl, beat Michigan. They, you know, you can't claim the Big Twelve Conference Championship because they obviously lost to Kansas State. Um, but I actually did see somebody point that out. Like whatever rings they get for this year, like you can have like Big Twelve runner up, national runner up. I mean, all they really can claim is that Orange Bowl win over first loser. Yeah, Michigan. Um, in, but in everything you, conference. And that, and the nation first. Loser. Still, still a very good first year for Sonny Dykes. Um, gonna do be, not think going to be a terrible second year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to replicate that in year two. Uh, but this was a fifty-eight point difference. Um, a beating. It was close for about ten minutes, Dalt, and then it was totally utter and complete dominance by the Georgia Bulldogs, who just finish off now back to back national titles. 
after apparently being totally disrespected all year. Oh yeah, they were going to go seven and going, seven going, and yeah, five. Going to go seven and five, six and six. I, I don't know what kind of juice or drinks Kirby Smart is giving his players, but he was had them totally hypnotized, and you know, good for him for convincing them of all that. But uh, <laughs> like I know Georgia lost a lot after that 2021 championship, but let's be real here. The qu- there was question marks. They were never outside of like the top three this year. No. Um, so I, I'm not sure who was disrespecting Georgia and doubting that they were going to win the whole thing. Like, don't get me wrong. You had the moments like the Kent State game, the Missouri, the Missouri game. game, but let's let's be real here, people. This was one of the teams to beat all year long, and when the end of the season came around, they dominate the SEC title game. They did scrape by Ohio State, which a very talented Ohio State team. Spare me with the spare me on the take of you know that was the de facto national title game because that same Ohio State team got just blasted blasted by Michigan, who got beat by TCU. That's no disrespect to Ohio State, but TCU earned being in that game. They did. They earned it. They deserved to be there, but they did get completely embarrassed. They deserved to be there, but I don't think they belonged there. Maybe not. Um, Stetson Bennett, six touchdowns. Just, you know, decent. Um, greatest Georgia player ever. Easy. E- easy. Who's your argument? Herschel Walker? Easy. I'm just being honest. Easy. Two-time national champion? E- Maybe the, the winningest quarterback ever. At the at the program, easy. Aaron Murray said it himself. He's the greatest <sighs> bulldog ever, and he was a pretty dang good quarterback for Georgia. Stetson Bennett was surrounded by the best team in college football. Is it possible, Dalton, that me or you could have quarterbacked in that game, and maybe Georgia might have still won? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I seen I I seen the stupidest, the most ignorant tweet. I've ever seen in my entire life. And I know you and Brandon Walker, shout out to Brandon Walker, got into a little bit of a Twitter battle about this game. There was a tweet. How dare you give him a shout out. I will shout him out. He is a much more... He's a bum. He is a much more... A bum. He roots for Mississippi State. Well, I mean, they have a good baseball team. But if you'll let me finish and quit interrupting me, there was a tweet where... It was on the go route and the wheel route where Hodges Tomlinson sat on the wheel route and McConkey was just streaking down the field wide open. It was a 45-yard pass to an open receiver. How many quarterbacks are making that throw, Dalton? In the NFL. How, they, ma- they how many? Did, they, every one of them, including one, their backups. One could argue Baker Mayfield could have made that throw. I mean, and it, I've been told he's terrible. He is terrible, but... <laughs> It was such an open throw, I think Zach Wilson could have made that throw. I'm telling you right now. Tim Tebow making that throw? Uh, if he punts it. He might make it right-handed if he jumped, <laughs> as long as he jumped before he, jumped. he threw it. I mean, it was just a, such a ridiculous take. I think the quarterback at Warner High School right down the road could have made that throw. I mean, probably. He was that open. If and you th- can throw the ball 20, what was it, like 25 yards or so? It, it was like 30, 35 yards, 40 yards. Yeah, but he didn't even have to lead him. He could have threw it to him short by what, was it ten the, yards. It was the Lad McConkey one. The, the yes. one, they put him up seventeen seven. Yes, so it was a thirty seven yard touchdown pass. So it was probably realistically like twenty five yards air in the air. No, he he dropped back probably five yards and then threw it, and it was so in, probably thirty ish yards. No, it was in the end zone. He caught okay. it in the end zone. Okay, so it was a forty. I don't really. I don't. I, I know what you're talking about the tweet, but I don't remember the play. It's just. But again, yeah, good good for Stetson Bennett, good for Georgia, all the disrespect, whatever. You know, I don't have time for any of that. Georgia's the best program in the country right now. There's no question. You can't argue it. Um, Nick Saban may, may have put a hit out on David Pollock after what he said at halftime. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the look that that man gave him, David, you better just keep one eye on, on, the, on the six, is all I got to tell you walking around. Because uh, Saban was looking at him like, man – I don't have time for this. Like I'm walking off the set right now. He's like, I, <laughs> so he he was feeling that West Virginia coming out. David him. Pollock may single handedly be the reason that Alabama goes 15 and 0 next year and beats everybody by 40. I hate David Pollock so much. <laughs> yeah. We have to go to yeah, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you get to go there week two. <laughs> yeah, have fun. 
Um, so I, yeah, I, I just don't want to spend a ton of time on this game doll because it was just, it was over. I, I, it was over at halftime. It was 38, seven at halftime. Like again, props to TCU. Great year. I think they reached their ceiling. I don't think this gets any better for TCU ever. Honestly, again, no disrespect, earned it, all that, but let's move on. 2023 season. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add on this game? I knew this game was over whenever they did the pregame interview with Kirby Smart. I think it was, was it Molly McGrath that asked him, like, what what was your message to the team before you walked out here? And he literally looked at her and said, aggression. Uh, Yeah, and we all heard that as that uh, went viral going around Twitter. And uh, a lot of uh, not safe for the workplace uh, quotes. I love it. On that. Um, so moving on again, Georgia Bulldogs, shocker, national champs, back to back. They might three peat. Maybe the first team in the poll era. Them, to and Bri- them and Bryce Young, the biggest underdogs ever. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> uh, the, the most doubted, uh, team and individual of all time. So Dalt, with that 2022 season comes to an end. So I have some things here to talk about, like kind of a little best of the 2022 season. I, I had four things jotted down here on the notes, uh, the rundown for the episode. Obviously, if anything else you think of, you want to, I mean, first thing I have is obviously the Appalachian State, Hail Mary, uh, with game day in town. I believe this was following their win at A&M the week before. And yes. they beat Troy, which this was one of Troy's only like two or three losses, I think. And obviously, throws a 50, 55-yard bomb, gets deflected. Miss- Appalachian State guy catches it off the deflection, scores the touchdown. It it was just mass hysteria. The sorority girls from Troy, the, yeah. the TikTok going viral, them watching the game, the ball gets batted down, they all start cheering. Right. And then they suddenly realize that Appalachian State scores and they just all look stunned at yeah, I what? mean, that that game was insane. And like I said, they, they had come off that huge win against A&M. Game day came to Boone. Um, you got to see a lot of what Appalachian State was, what it means to those people. And for them to get a victory in that fashion, it's just really one of the most memorable moments for any fan um, over the course of the 2022 season. So I had that one down. Uh our next one, what do I have here? Oh, Tennessee. Uh, pretty memorable game. Pretty uh, memorable season. Memorable season, uh, but my buddy Corey's not going to like this if he listens. Um, that that win they had over Nick Saban in Alabama in Knoxville um, at Neyland. Just a monumental win for the program and for Josh Heupel at the time. It was their first victory over Nick Saban since he has been at Alabama. And I mean, dog, this was this was insanity. Huge. You couldn't even see the field. They nope. rushed the field. They were uh, tearing up turf. They tearing up turf. It was getting sold on the internet. They mm-hmm. carry the goalpost out into the the river on outside the stadium. I mean, and then they raised like a million dollars to get new ones. And yeah, they they started GoFundMe <laughs> and raised way more money than what they actually needed. Uh, and so NIL campaigns, you know. Like you said, just kind of a a storybook season for Tennessee. It obviously didn't end the way they wanted with Hooker getting injured. You know, they looked like a team that was going to push to make the playoff um, or have a chance. But just that game, probably the game of the year, I mean, for the most part. Obviously, you have the two playoff games, which were insane. Um, But as far as the regular season goes, I would say that one was up there. Uh, You know, the kick that just – it just survived, made it through because Alabama just literally just bull rushed and it it was like he chunked, that close. Yeah, I to, mean he everybody thought he chunked it. It was like partially blocked. Yeah, and it just um, I mean it literally was like a yard from hitting and being no good. But what I mean it was a it was a wild game. Yeah, I mean Tennessee I mean, got out to that early lead. Bama comes back, takes the lead. Tennessee comes back, ties it up. Then, you know, they have the, the obviously the last second field goal. Uh, but again, definitely one of the most memorable moments of the of the season. Two, two of the better quarterbacks in the country just oh, yeah, going, going at, at it, it. Battling it out. Yeah. It was it was a great game. Really entertaining. Um if that was in the Big Twelve though, it would have been the worst game they've oh, ever yeah. seen. Worst game no, of defense they've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, where's the defense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I got to witness that multiple times. 
Um, and then my next one I had down to alt. Um, I, I don't know if this is super memorable. I just I watched a highlight video and saw it, and you could say it saved their their magical season. Uh, but that's the TCU fire drill field goal. Um, they kick against Baylor. As time expires, they somehow ran the ball with like 17 seconds left on the clock and no timeouts. And this is a play that you know Sonny Dyke said that they they legitimately practice over and over again works to perfection they kick the field goal and beat Baylor by I think what one point one point 29 to 28 I think something like that and they kept the perfect season alive kept the playoff hopes alive that was obviously especially for me and you being as as in tune with the big 12 as we are um, that wasn't really a, a massive game but it turned out to be a massive finish as far as TCU's fate was concerned and then my last one I have the Sunbelt Fun Belt. This, I tu- this one makes my heart happy. I touched on this just a minute ago talking about Appalachian State. Marshall and App State defeating two Power 5 opponents in Notre Dame and Texas A&M. What was this, week two, I think? Week I think it two. was week two. Week two, because Notre Dame come off the loss to Ohio State, and so, then they laid an egg against them. Marshall was not very good. And they defeat Notre Dame. Notre Dame at the time was spiraling. Um, what they lose two or three straight? I yeah, think. they lost three straight because I want to say they lost to Cal the very next week. But this was a a Marshall team that they lost to Stanford, who was really bad. Um, and then obviously we know the story with A and M. No, we love it. And App State just bullies A and M down at Kyle Field. Lines up in the victory formation and, at Kyle Field. And I mean, you you just. For me and you being a Sooner and a, a Longhorn fan, these are uh, vis- Ag- visuals that you just don't forget. Ag- Aggie, Aggie tears taste the best. <laughs> I mean, we we both watched this game. We were talking about it as it was happening, and it was just it was perfect. It was perfect. It was like the the uh, the boys guy, the guy off the boys. It was perfect. perfect. Everything about it. Everything was about was it. Perfect. Was perfect. <laughs> so. You you got anything else? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, don't I, don't shut up. Let me speak. I was gonna include that. I knew it would no, be. You, a, no, I knew it would you, be a moment for you. You know, you you, you weren't gonna include it. Go ahead. What about second weekend in October? Cotton Bowl, Texas State Fair. The absolute pounding that my Longhorns put on your Sooners. Mm-hmm. Look at me, Tim. The absolute pounding. What a beautiful moment. 49 to nothing. First time OU's been shut out in how long? I don't it was uh, a, I don't know. I don't care. Oh, yeah, you do. You I, care. I mean, I really don't. What a great start to, to Brent Venerables. Yeah. Red well, River. This is the head first, coaching the, debut. The first time a Texas fan has been able to take a W into the offseason in that game in how long? About like 2018. Well, but but you lost. Four no, 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 no. Uh, not I'm not talking about Big 12 championship. Oh, talking right. About the hat. Yeah. So we got to talk about how you guys got screwed that year because you know you beat us in the regular season. Okay. Anyway, are you done? Forty nine nothing. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm done. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm just. Yeah. I'm we, just, I mean, just, I just wanted to put that in there. I know Texas fans. That that was like. I noticed that, you didn't put that in your notes. That I just wanted to add that. Yeah, I mean, as an OU fan, I guess I could say, oh, it was nice to go to Nebraska and beat them, you know, by a million, but I could care less. Well, but, you know, it's really it, – it's kind of fun to talk about beating up on bad teams. Oh, I'm enjoying I, it right now. You just enjoyed it talking about Nebraska. I, I guess. <laughs> are you proud? Are, are, yeah, proud. Are, is Did that – If this was the other way around, let, let me, you'd be proud too. Let, let me ask you, Dahl um, – is this Texas's what most successful year since outside of 2018 since 09? Yes. And it it's it that's sad. And you went 8 and 5. We went 8 and 5. I rest my case. I I can't disagree that the program has been in shambles. I'm sorry. Okay. With that, um I I knew you would have to get that in on me. And, and you know what? Listen, I give that to you every episode on the intro. So, I don't even want to hear it. Well, you're going to hear it. I know. I will hear it probably forever. Um, At least till next year. I mean, you got Texas fan account or fans that have their accounts named after it. 
it's never going to end, I guess. We could beat y'all 20 times in a row, and I'm sure. Hey, remember that time we beat y'all 49 nothing When you had a basically a handicap playing quarterback for you. It's not our fault. I, I'm not saying it is. <laughs> anyway, with that, Dalt, we, we don't have a whole lot more to talk about. I, I had a feeling this, this episode would maybe run a little shorter, um, but we do have a way too early top 25. This might this might go a little longer than what you think. So, I always let you read the top 25, so I have it listed here. I will let you read our way too early. This was per ESPN, by the way. I got on ESPN. This was their way too early top 25. So, you have the floor. ESPN's way too early top 25. At number one, the reigning two-time College football playoff champions, the, the Georgia the, Bulldogs. The absolute disrespect. They should be at zero. Right. <laughs> at number two, kind of a shocking spot, Ohio State. C.J. Stroud gone. Four of the five offensive linemen to the draft. Maybe. Maybe gone. He's gone. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Florida State. Number five, one Nicholas Saban-led Alabama. Number six, Penn State. Number seven, USC. Number eight, LSU. Number nine, Oregon. Number 10, Tennessee. Number 11, Washington. Number 12, TCU. 13, Utah. 14, Notre Dame. 15, Clemson. 16, Texas. 17, Oregon State. 18, Kansas State. 19, Tulane. 20, Ole Miss, 21, North Carolina, 22, UTSA, 23, Texas Tech, 24, James Madison, and 25, Iowa. Good old trusty Iowa making it into the way too early top 25. I mean, is it really a way too early top 25 if you don't have Iowa in Texas? I mean, is it? It's just, it's got to be. A preseason poll or a way too early poll without Iowa and Texas, it just doesn't make sense, Dalt. It doesn't. Um, so you said it may take a little longer. I'm going to assume you have some thoughts and opinions about this poll. Yeah. Uh, okay, Let, let's get into it. Okay, Ohio State at two. I kind of touched on it. Okay. You may have the best wide receiving core in the country. Right. Who's going to be a quarterback? Exactly. I have no idea. Who's going to block for those guys? No idea. Who's going to be your defensive front? The secondary is awful. You get ran by by Michigan wide receivers that nobody really knows. One of them hit the portal. And is it now at OU? You turn around and you look. Um, I tell you, I don't mind Florida State at four. I, I think I think they are kind of set up to have what they think should be a really good 2023 with, you know, you have the verse kid that decided to come back, maybe the best, one of the best defensive linemen in the country. Um, obviously you have Jordan Travis, the quarterback, um, stable receivers, the Wilson, they did lose a running back to the portal. Yeah. Johnny Wilson, the big wide receiver. Um, that's a 10 win team after the bowl game. Um, and so, they're not losing a lot. Yeah. So they, they return a lot. Um, so it, it should be a good year for Florida State. I, you know, kind of going down through the list, I, the thing about this that is interesting is you look at Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Penn State, um, Tennessee, like those all those teams in the top ten. I mean, you know who Tennessee's quarterback is going to be, I guess, and Milton. But, I mean, you don't know who Georgia's quarterback is going to be. You don't know who Ohio State's quarterback is going to be. You don't know who Alabama's quarterback is going to be. Uh, Penn State, you have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. That's kind of my problem with these polls is, like, is this based off of how these teams finished or is it based off what they might be? And don't get me wrong, I know Georgia's going to figure it out in 23. Alabama's going to figure it out at quarterback. Ohio State, I'm sure, will. They probably all have good guy. Like, if, if we had some uh, fans of those teams on the podcast, I'd be like, Here, here's why, because of this guy. We obviously aren't that in tune with those teams. But you do have a lot of quarterback turnover across college football quite a bit this year. Uh, now, USC, I don't mind at seven with what they did this year. De obviously, de Defense is going to have to improve. Defense got to improve. Obviously, much has been made of Lincoln Riley announcing that Alex Grinch is 
coming back. That's not shocking to us or me specifically because, you know, he took him with him. He's loyal to a fault probably to Alex Grinch. USC fans are just going to have to suck it up and live with that. Um, LSU at eight, I don't mind with, you know, uh, Jalen Daniels. Is it Jalen Daniels? Right? Yeah. He's coming back, quarterback. Oregon at nine, they get Bo Nix back. Washington at 11 Washington. Might, might be a little bit of a, yeah, a screw I, job there. I, I tell you, I hate TCU at 12. They're because, going to be terrible, Tim. That was yeah. my next talking point. They are losing everything. Yeah. I mean. Three of the five offensive linemen, gone. Quarterback. Quarterback's gone. Wide receiver. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And tied in one now, gone. Now, now your offensive coordinator. You've lost your offensive coordinator. On top of that, um, you lose your Thorpe Award-winning corner. Yeah, TCU's got a lot to replace. Now they're going to do a lot in the portal. That's what Sonny Dykes does. Well, I mean, he's done. He's done a lot. He goes he goes and gets JoJo Earl from Alabama. Alabama. Right. He gets the Brocker Meyer from Alabama. He gets the running back from Alabama, but. This these Alabama players that are leaving the program don't always turn out great. I mean, look at what Texas has done with, you know, the likes of Ajay Hall. Right. Didn't play this year, played very little this year, hit the portal. Right. Billingsley, tight end that was highly coveted, was on a six game suspension and then ends up stepping away from the program. Keelan Robinson's been good, hasn't been great. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the, I think what Sonny Dykes is going to do, um, he's going to try to, as much as he can, Dalt, I think he's going to try to make a living out of the portal and getting a guy, like getting guys from the DFW area that went off to Alabama, went off to Georgia, went off to Penn State, who, wherever. Guys that maybe are unhappy in those spots. He's going to try to work them out of the portal, come back home. Um, I think that, you know, that's kind of what he did at SMU. And I think he's going to be able to do that a little bit better at TCU because obviously you have more resources. It's it's a bigger brand. It's, you know, we see what he did in year one. Um, but I I don't disagree. I, I don't think TCU belongs at 12. I wouldn't mind him being in the top 25, I guess. But, you know, Utah right there behind him, I think Utah should probably be higher. Cam Rising announces that he's coming back. Uh, you know, I know they lost some pieces. They lose the Kincaid kid at tight end. Um, but – you know, going on down the list, I think Clemson at, at 15? I mean, yeah. I'm not, like, mad about that. That's but a bit disrespected. Yeah, like, what – I mean, this is a, a 10 and, what, 3 team, right? Because they went into that game 10 and yeah, 2. Ten against and two. Now, I know they got kind of handled by Tennessee. 11, but 11 and 3. They won the ACC championship. They went 10 and 2 in the regular season. Right? Did they, uh, did they lose an ACC game? Yeah. Uh, either way, yeah, 11, 11 and 3. I think you're right. Or either that or 11, 11, 11 and 2. And, so it's, It'd be 11 and 2, I think. I, I don't remember. Because they lost to Notre Dame, they lost to South Carolina. So 11 and 2, right? Because it would have been 13 games. Because, well, yeah. 11 and 3. Yeah. 11 and 3 is what they finished. Yeah, with. Anyway, <laughs> that's bad. Uh, terrible. I would hate for that to be my program. Uh, So, yeah, I you know. They get the quarterback back. They're going to have Shipley back. Obviously, now a big hire of which I think this poll came out before that was announced. The hiring of of Riley, but I think Clemson should be a little higher. Uh, Notre Dame right ahead of them at fourteen. I, I think that's probably pretty close. Texas at sixteen. I, I'm not going to sit here and beat on your Longhorns because you know they're probably they're definitely the most talented team in the Big Twelve. This is year three under Sark. It's kind of a it's kind of now's the now or never, like it's, not it. You know, it it, 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 it is. is, it is, and and you know, you have yours, you have Arch Manning coming in that quarterback battle. You have, you know, you do lose the best player on your roster in Bijan, probably the best two players on our roster, right? In and two in our two most productive running backs, right? And so, but but you do return a lot. You have the obviously top three class per two four seven. Um, so Texas, they should, you know, it's kind of the same old song and dance. You know, should you, be you good, but they have got the, you, you always have the talent, but will it will it uh, work out? Who knows? Uh, so, I mean, I'm not mad about Texas at 16. That makes sense. 
Um, Oregon State at 17, you know, they picked up DJU. Uh, that's a 10-win team a year ago. I don't think they really lost a ton. Uh, but, you know, they'll be interesting. Pac-12 is going to be really interesting. Pac-12 Paul. might be the second best, best team in the – Pac-12 probably got the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, you got Penix, you got Bo Nix, you got Cam Rising, Caleb Williams obviously winning the Heisman. Now you got DJU at Oregon State. Uh, you got the Moore, uh, the kid, Moore kid going UCLA. into UCLA. Shredder Sanders. Nobody's talking about Colorado. I'm really shocked Colorado did not make right? this list. I didn't even think about that until just now. But I didn't either. Now that we said that, I didn't even remotely even want to think about it. Kansas State at 18. I think they could go a little bit back down to earth. Uh, do they lose Will Howard? No, Will Howard can come back. But they do lose, obviously, their best player. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, Vaughn. Yes. Thank, um, thank you. I want to say about. the Knowles. The Knowles player is gone too. Their big wide receiver. I know the Warner kid was a senior, Kurt Warner's son. Right. So it'll kind of be interesting to see you to lose your best two defensive players in the um say his last name. Uh da 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 da. The defensive end that won Big Twelve Defensive uh, Player of the Year. In DK Uzoma, Uzoma, yeah. whatever. And yeah. then the the hard hitting free safety. Right. That uh, they lose. Brents. Yes. Was he a safety or either way, defensive back. Uh yeah, so Kansas State, I, I could see them coming a little bit back back down to earth as far as I don't think they're probably gonna win the Big Twelve next year, but you know, we picked Texas and Oklahoma to win the Big Twelve in our pre in our preview last year, and we were both wrong. Obviously, well, one of them was a little closer than the other. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm done. I'm yeah, so, let's, let's. I'm tired of taking. Come on the now. Come on. Okay. Uh, Ole, Miss. Ole Miss at twenty. I don't like that at all. Why is what is, what is going to be good about? I mean, you got Judkins, got you got Dart, Dart obviously Lane, but man, they finished terribly. terribly. And if I was Texas Tech, I'd be mad that they're ranked ahead of me. Because I do think Texas Tech has a shot to be pretty decent next year in the Big 12. Uh, like I said a minute ago, they were picked fifth um, in that that uh, poll that I looked at for the Big 12. Um, North Carolina at 21 with, you know, Drake May returning. You know, they lost the OC to Wisconsin. He went to join Luke Fickle. Can't think of his name. Um, but – that's interesting, them at 21. Then, you know, you have UTSA and James Madison. You know, UTSA is back-to-back, what, Conference USA yep. uh, champions? Yep, Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer obviously doing a heck of a job down there in San Antonio. And then Iowa at 25, it, you know, I made those comments when we first started talking about this. I, Iowa's defense is – The one interesting thing about Iowa is they do definitely improve at quarterback. With McNamara. They would have improved with me or you. Well, probably so, but it's still an improvement. This is a guy that, you know, was the quarterback on Michigan, the team that went to the playoff, not this past year. He he was at Michigan this past year, but he was their quarterback in 2021. Yep. That team that won the Big Ten, uh, made the college football playoff. So I, I do think, you know, Iowa, uh, man, at what point do they have to look in the mirror and decide that we need to move on from – Ference. and you know his it, son is the OC. It's kind of like OSU and Mike, and Mike Gundy. It's it's very similar. Now I do think Ference maybe a little more success. Well, I mean, I mean it's, he, it's fairly the same. Did he make no? He lost to I, Iowa, Michigan State in the Big Ten championship that one year. As far as a program is concerned, would you say Iowa's a little more prestigious football program than Oklahoma? I think historically. I think historically a little they're historically better, but it ain't it ain't by a ton. No, I wouldn't say I don't get. I mean, I I, I think OSU has had. I mean, they more did bring the pl- legend Bob Stoops. He played at Iowa. I got to give him credit. I mean, when you look at players that have come that. from programs, you got OSU. I think has a little bit more bigger name brand guys than what Iowa has. Iowa's churned out tight ends like it's nobody's business. But you look at what OSU's done, and you got Des Bryant, Justin Blackman. I know guys that haven't really made it in the in the league, but they've been there. 
it's hard to say. I feel like they're okay. really pretty level. I would Iowa's definitely better. They have five claimed national titles, thirteen conference titles. Now ele- when, when mean, was the last claimed national title? Nineteen sixty. Um, I guess it's better than the forty eight one that OSU 40, hung a 45, banner. Forty five that they didn't really even win. Yeah. That they hung a Army, banner though. Yeah, oh yeah. They they put up a it's like pl- uh, signage on the it'll, stadium. It'll be the only one they ever put up. Um, yeah, I'm going to give Iowa the, the edge there. But it, it is a similar situation. I don't disagree with you on that um, in the sense that you have a guy, they're two of the maybe the two longest tenured coaches in college football. It goes Ferentz and then Gundy and Whittingham. They're tied. They're correct. Tied, like yes. 18 years and like 20 plus for yeah, Ferentz. Yep. So, yeah, it is a similar situation that, you know, Ferentz, kind of like Gundy, can he can he really do any wrong? I mean, yes, but it's like, man, what what you've done here, it's hard to, you know, you don't ever want to just like say, hey, man, sorry, you're not getting it done. Like, you're, you're fired. Yeah, tw- thanks for your 20 years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the way too early top 25, it's, it's something that we always touch on. It's um, going to be something that's talked about from now until August. And then they're going to drop the preseason. Then we're all going to complain about what the preseason right, goals are. Right. And everybody's going to be super mad when Texas is in the top ten. Oh, now I was just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. It, it is fun to poke fun at you. I, I have to do it where where I can. Um, but, you know, Dalt, obviously we right when we first started today, um, we talked about the season being over. We You know, we still have National Signing Day coming up here in, what, February? Um, which most teams nowadays, kind the of early signing early. day, it's your you know your classes are pretty much complete. You have the transfer portal stuff should be winding down because I think that window closes. That window closes here uh, pretty soon. It picks, I think next week. Yeah, I, I think is when it closes. I, I and here's my thing. We talked about Spencer Sanders. Like, what's he gonna do? I don't know. I mean, I mean all. All roads looked like it was pointed to Penn State, but like, why would that not have been announced by now? Why would he want to come back to OSU if? Right, I know it, it is really strange. I mean, um, the, you kind of, they kind of heard ties of him to Alabama and could, Auburn and Florida. Florida, um, could could you see now? Which the Florida thing gets interesting with the Rashada kid. Have you seen that? Yeah, the NIL, the NIL thirteen million dollar deal. Wow, right. That's uh. That's interesting, but yeah, you you have him. You have several other names still in the portal. We haven't we didn't give a portal update today because it's just you know, it's hard to stay on top well, of once all it, that. once it closes, it'll be a lot easier. I mean, yeah, we talk about you know you brought up the Rashada kid. Me and you're over here arguing about whose quarterback's better. Neither <laughs> one of ours are making thirteen million, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> my gosh, uh, yeah, thirteen million dollar nil deal, Dalt. Uh, and I did see something that, you know, it said Sanders, he was making like $400,000 at OSU. And it's like, that that makes that whole situation even weirder. Why did he want to leave? It it just, it's odd to me. I'm um, telling you, it's Casey Dunn. It's yeah, got to be. I, and I mean, I, reason, I know. Same reason the receivers are all leaving. I went into a big spill about that, you know, on, it was either last episode or the one before that, where, I, you know, I kind of stood by Gundy. But, you know, it's just getting kind of weird. Um but, you know, to kind of finish things off today, Dahl, you know, it, it obviously is the off season. It's it's upon us. So, you know, we kind of do this. We did this last year when we first started the pod. Um, kind of let the listeners know. From this point, we may not bring episodes weekly just simply because, you know, there's just not. The news is going to slow down. It's going to slow down, yeah. There's not as much to talk about that's, you know, that's going to pique people's interest. Um, but. You know, we will probably try to record at least maybe every two weeks, at, at least probably once a month for sure. Um, obviously, we love getting together to do this. It's just, you know, we it's it's obviously easy during the season. You have yeah. plenty of stuff to talk about. But it gets harder as you roll into the off season. Now we do, we'll, we'll have spring ball. Um, obviously, summer stuff, you know, a lot, you, you lean more on recruiting and stuff when in that kind of time frame. 2024 class will be kicking up and then i mean you know before you know it Dalt, we'll we'll be into fall camp and we'll be back for the 2023 season um but you know it it was a good year uh we had obviously a lot of fun uh i I don't mean for my team okay it was it was a good year (laughs) for the pod we we had a lot of fun we we obviously you know we try to get better each week we we've i think we've improved so 
we're going to keep bringing bringing the uh the action i guess and bring the action <laughs> yeah so as always if you guys enjoy the show you know please rate us five stars write us a good review uh tell your friends about it you know share the show we're available on anchor spotify itunes iheart and stitcher you can find us on facebook and twitter by searching the cover two podcast Dalt's on twitter as the oaky longhorn i'm now on twitter as not tim smithson but him smithson because you know him you already know uh, I, I honestly think that might be why he replied to me because of my name. Because your name. Because I. I love. <laughs> I had changed. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, still, don't like Brandon Walker. I'm gonna finish there. Um, but you, you keep you keep firing him up. We might end up working for Barstool. Ta- I might I might tag him in the the description whenever I post it on Twitter. Let see it, see what he see if he replies. He'd probably sue us for nah. for using his name and nah he can't do that for likes. He don't. He don't. He don't know what that's like. Um, but 2023 will be here before you know it. And Dalt, if you don't got anything else, I guess we're out. I don't forget to cover the flats. <laughs> <laughs>